shows off his dog <laughs> that is not a euphemism <laughs> hello and also joining us tonight to, to to do a little defending i think of of kevin is trevor welcome back trevor hi it's great to be back thank you for having me defending is that a clue as to how you feel about this song already <laughs> it, it, it might be uh -oh. uh, we'll have to see i'm not going to give too much away early um, we don't have Aaron, though, so I'm not going to make him guess what the name of the song is or what the album is from. Um, so, so that would be cool. I should make him guess the name of the song every week. I should torture the <laughs> poor man. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Um, this song is the first song on this album, the double album. So the second part of the double album or the first part of the single anyways bare naked ladies are men and uh. if you've never heard this song before here is a quick snippet if i had a good reason i would share What a snippet. Snippet good. <laughs> <laughs> so this this song is written by Kevin Hearn. Does that surprise anyone? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's Kevin? <laughs> the guy singing the song. Oh. Doesn't sound like that Kevin kid from South Park. That's weird. No, no. It's not that Kevin. <laughs> oh, it's a different Kevin. Okay. I find it interesting. They have not played this song very much. It's been out for, what, 2006, so 16 years now. They've only played this nine times in concert. I saw it happen. You did? <laughs> nice. I did, yeah. Uh, during the uh, the Blam tour, I uh, they, they played that song at one of the concerts I saw. Well, isn't that serendipitous? There you go. <laughs> 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 it, it, it's one of like those nine times most of them were during that tour um 
And then they played them in twice in 2017, but haven't really touched it since. Um, or in the middle. I'm I'm not sure why. I don't. I, it's a it's a nice enough song. Um, and I know Kevin gets a few songs every every concert, so I would have thought that it would be on there a little bit more. But I don't know. That's weird. Maybe since he only generally plays uh, or sings one or two a concert, maybe he's trying to constantly promote the newer stuff. Maybe live. And I wonder if they leaned more toward "Sound of Your Voice" off the off the album instead of this mm. song. He does a really great. I'm trying to remember. Of "Sound of the, Your yeah. was "Sound of Your Voice" on this one or on the other one? Hold on. It was the other one. Yeah. It was on Army. It was Army. Okay. Yeah. But I'm wondering yeah. if they lean more toward that one when they have to pick a Kevin song from this era. Probably that's true. Which is a shame because still this is a very nice song. I, I think that's one of the problems I have with Bare Naked Lady concerts is because they keep putting out new content all the time. <laughs> it's great to hear their new stuff, but you know that you're pretty much when you go to the concert, you're going to hear the new stuff and then you're going to hear the hits and that's about it. You're, you might hear one deep dive and that's, that, that's if you're lucky. Yeah, well, That's what concerts are for is a prudent promote a new album get sales and it is but these guys are really cool to see live and it's kind of it, it's very i don't know i just i wish i got to see more of the songs that i normally wouldn't see live i would love to see bnl do a tour where they refuse to do any of the hits and they just did b-sides yeah and deep cuts that'd be awesome yeah. <laughs> well weird al did it with his yeah. store where he's not doing any of the parodies he's doing all of the original stuff which i loved and my son loved but i know that there are some people that are like hey well and he's done it. he that went well enough that he's done that tour twice now yeah hmm. I just, I, maybe when when one of the members comes on we'll say hey guys how about this idea why don't you do this we would love it if you don't think it'll sell big, just do small venues. That would be even better. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be nice. Uh, that'd be, be cool if they, if they um, kind of, if they were in a, like a studio and they recorded it, not like a, a recording studio, but um, like um, uh, like a TV studio and they did a little special. It's like a Bare Naked Ladies yeah. B-side. Mm -hmm. um, and they just did some of those songs just to kind of get those songs out there. Um, kind of like a campfire. Yeah. You know? That'd be cool. Like, That'd be amazing. Let's start a petition. Let's get it going. <laughs> I'll sign it. That way they're not committing to a, a complete tour uh, for those songs, whatnot, but they can have a special. I'd go for it. I'd watch mm. it. I would, if they just decided to do it in Toronto and then broadcast it, I would drive to Toronto to see that. Oh, heck yeah. But we're yeah. a little bit off. We're, we're, we're off the discussion point. Um, that's my fault. I, I brought us Did there. Did not take Heidi, long. Maybe... <laughs> <laughs> Heidi, maybe you can save us. Can you, can you give us a breakdown? I can give you a breakdown. Break 
So, Serendipity. We already have the album it and the year. It clocks in at about 112 beats per minute in the key of D. What we have here is uh, a lovely little ditty by Kevin. Um, it is in the key. E of D, uh, the basic chord progression in the open. Well, let me go first with the form. The form is we have verse one, verse two, a chorus, verse three, a chorus, a bridge, an interlude, a chorus, and an outro. So there's a mix going on there. Uh, the choruses are in a one, two, seven, a major two, seven, which is unusual because you have an E seven chord. Typically your two chord is a minor chord, but we have a D to an E seven to a G. And I I played it on my guitar to double check it and it worked. Um, so it goes from a one to a major two, seven to a five. Then when you get and then when you get to the uh the chorus um you have an a to a g to a d to an e7 so that's a five to a four to a one to a major two seven and then in the good for you part that's a one to a two seven to a four and then in that weird little if i could only get my stride section it is a minor two seven because we have an e minor seven to an a to a five chord to a two seven, to a five chord, to a four chord, back to a to a five seven chord. So there's a lot going on there. It's a pretty pretty simple progression overall, uh, but that is the basic breakdown. Thank you, Heidi. You're very welcome. Um, and in terms of the instruments. We have Kevin. Uh, I mean, we have uh, Jim. I do my homework. Everybody face. loves. Yeah, I do my homework. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed, considering you were gone most of the week. Um, we have Kevin doing electric guitar, Vox organ, and synthesizer, and we have Tyler on drums and percussion. What I find interesting is that it says we have Stephen on electric guitar plural and we have ed on acoustic part plural i noticed that like, too that's a lot of guitars on one song are there really that many guitars oh. on this song or is that <laughs> a sound typo? like it but... you need a lot of guitars <laughs> what's wrong with just i'm assuming it's not a typo what was that what's wrong with just having one guitar that's no fun <laughs> Only Forget one guitar is no fun. A pair of black shoes. It cannot be done. Uh, <laughs> what was it that you said, Trevor? I was just saying, like you asked if you thought that was a, the typo in the liner notes. I don't think it is because if, because Kevin's is a singular electric guitar, and the other two have uh, the S there. I think it is probably on purpose, and they probably have multiple different guitars or different guitar tracks over top. But I, I noticed that as well. That is just really, I mean, I know that Kevin loves to layer his stuff and like see, he, he almost like, oh, he doesn't overdo it, but he almost overdoes it. And like, how many tracks can I fill? <laughs> and if you look at this in the computer, if you pull it up on a, on a software to, to look at the music, it is a wall of sound. Like the, it is hard to pull apart what is what and where everything goes unless you have the specific tracks. 
which this isn't one of those songs they did that with. Um, but yeah, it, it is just a wall. All you see is just one big block going across the screen. <laughs> well, that's going on for sure. Mm-hmm. Excellent drop in, Monty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you guys have to say about the sound? Song, sound of the song. I like it. I like. <laughs> I, I like all the guitars on it. Like it's. The, I wanted to be on this one because this, this is one of my favorite ones to play on the guitar. If I'm just playing some BNL stuff, uh, sitting around in my living room. Uh, this is one that I play often because I like it a lot and all those guitar parts. So, and... Trevor, was I right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. From what I, I was following along with, with I'm like, yeah, that's how you play it. That's right. I like that E7. <laughs> that E7 because they play it in a, in a slightly different voicing than I normally do. And so I like I like that too. And that's one of the reasons I like this song so much. I really love E7 in general. Like, I like the E yeah. family. Now, I mean, we just discussed that they have a like a whole bunch of guitar parts. Which guitar part do you play when you're playing this? Oh, not, you know, for me, 99% of the time, if I'm picking up a guitar, it's my acoustic. So I just play the acoustic part. <laughs> I don't have any notes musically for this song. Um, I think it's a chill song, which, I mean, it's Kevin is almost always like this chill type of feel that kind of goes to it. It's interesting that he's got some kind of hard rock kind of feel to the guitars at, at parts, especially the the stings that he threw in there. Um, the, those stings, like, you don't notice them so much during the song, but because the song finishes with them, on the second or third round listening through, you definitely hear it throughout the song. Yeah, it's like that. Uh, I think I assume there's like a, an echo effect or a pedal or something on the guitar because uh, it's always like you, you strum and it kind of a little bit fades out each time. And I love that in the oh, ending because I feel like yeah. it, it really matches with what the song's about. It's almost like a little fading out kind of ending, almost like uh, like a memory kind of fading away. And I'll talk more about that when we get to the lyrics. But I, I really like the ending of it, too, especially with those kind of that guitar part you were talking about. Um, I don't, I'm not used to hearing like heavier kind of sounds coming from anything that Kevin makes. Like I, when I think Kevin, I think more like what we hear with another spin. Um, the thing is the beginning and, of this, it always throws me off because I keep thinking it's Peterborough and the Quarthus. <laughs> Cause it starts off very similar <laughs> sounding to Peterborough. And I'm like, um, I hate you in the oh, wrong song. Okay. <laughs> So it does have a similar feel. I wouldn't say it's overly heavy. I think it's just the... There's one guitar that I think that that guitar, they they decided to put a, a heavier kind of sound to it. I don't know what you want to call it, distortion yeah. or, or what have you. Distortion. Synthesizer um, almost. You should just take it out back and burn it. Whoa! <laughs> the guitar i mean you obviously don't want that guitar nothing's wrong with these cans. no i'm just saying i'm not I, 
Did, did I say I didn't like no, it? No, I was just, I had to go into a The Dark reference. Play that back. <laughs> What's wrong with these kids? <laughs> no, I, I, it's not that I don't like it. It's just I'm not used to hearing that from Kevin. I'm used to hearing um, a much more mellow type sound with him. And, and to hear that in there is kind of like, oh, that's different. Yeah, but I, do have a- I can get. Yeah, oh, I, I understand yeah. exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just uh, we do get a little bit more like on Detour to Force. Um, Internal Dynamo has got some really heavy stuff, and that's a Kevin song as well, mm-hmm. right? So it's, mm-hmm. he and but you're right. He, most of the time, if you think Kevin, you do think though that sort of calming, um, especially a lot of his recent solo. Um, instrumental stuff that he's put out but he does mm. from time to time get the uh the electric out and rock out a bit and but i guess yeah and he, he does that a little bit on the cousins mm. as well mm. yeah um so i i have a question before we get into the meaning of this song do you guys who here feels like this was the correct placement for this song on this album it it is the lead-off song for the album it is setting the tone of the of the album this guy (laughs) go ahead (laughs) give me give me your defense of this song because i i will admit that i i don't feel that way and i you know what i was i I was prepared for this (laughs) i figured for sure you'd say that um and actually, I was thinking about that in, in preparing for today. I listened to this whole album and I, I do agree with this as a, uh, a placement because it's the only time and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the only time we have a Bare Naked Ladies album beginning with a song that Kevin has written all on his own and sings the lead vocals. Mm-hmm. On, right? It's the only time this has happened. So I think that really sets the tone for this album because I think um, as as especially Bare Naked Ladies Are Men is an album where it's sort of like they felt anything goes. And there's, there's so many different styles and so many different types of songs in this album. I think it sets you up right away for this is something new. This is something we've never done before. Um, like a few that really stand out as, as sort of songs that were sort of their own new style that we hadn't really seen from BNL before, like Angry People, Running Out of Ink, uh, fun and games, uh, just to name a few on this album that are sort of, in my opinion, really standalone, different style than they've done before songs. And uh, I think it's, you know, that's about the time when, when Kevin started writing more and more for this band. And uh, I think I would, uh, I'm, I'm happy that they finally gave him a, a lead off song on an album. So this is the okay. number one song on the album? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's the first track. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have the album, so. <laughs> <laughs> You've got Gordon, though. <laughs> That's all I got. I don't know. I don't even know where that is. So somewhere. <laughs> I haven't listened to Gordon in well, years. <laughs> and I don't have my my discs or anything in front of me am i correct on thinking that the next song on this album after this is something you will yeah. you'll never find i yep. think it's kind of a better lead-off song to start the album because it's got that little kind of punch in the front 
But this serendipity is a nice way to kind of ease into the album, I think. I mean, I think it does ease into the album, and that's kind of what this song does. And I I think you're kind of right, but I, I also want to say, um, if I remember correctly, once again, my stuff's not in front of me, the Bare Naked Ladies Are Me was a Hearn Robertson page starter um, with a drift. Yep. Yep. So once again, like this, this double album is starting off with her and right off the bat know, on I'm both of them. Not that that's bad, mm-hmm. but they're all, yeah, exactly. They're both starting off with, I would say, relatively mellow songs. Um, this isn't the most mellow on the album, but it's also not the. It's not high energy. I would never describe like here's a high energy song that's going to like really like rock your world. It's not a mosh pit song. Um, I think, no. <laughs> and I think you're right that they do. This is a very eclectic album. Yeah. Um, full of different stuff. They're starting it off with a song that will kind of represent what the album is in terms of starting it off with us with songs that are going to grab you and and pull you into the album i don't think this song does that though i think this song is quite humdrum i think it's a Okay, tell me more about that, Stefan. Well, I, it's just, it doesn't knock my socks off. I, I mean, uh, the music itself isn't, um, um, just, it isn't, doesn't seem overwhelming to me. Uh, as far as the lyrics, um, I, I feel that this song, I don't know, maybe it's just the, the, the mood that I'm in when I heard the song, but it seemed like uh, I didn't want to hear the lyrics because I wasn't interested in hearing the music because the music was just, I don't know, uh, just nothing nothing special for me. Uh, I heard a lot of synth, and apparently there's a lot of guitars. But, um, but it, just didn't, it just didn't resonate with anything for me at all it's like I, i'm not like oh my god this is the best song ever it, it, i never had that i'm like ah all right it's a, a song sounds average i guess <laughs> so it never never really hit hit any uh chords with me um so that could be one of the reasons why it's the way it is i mean to me i i like it but it doesn't strike me as a um it doesn't strike me as an album starter. It doesn't strike me as, um, and neither did Adrift. Um, it just didn't like. I would have put this song like six, maybe seven on the album. Like it's a nice mid-album kind of refresher. Um, we're coming back away from the the heavier hits type of sound to something that's different and fun, um, and and kind of. I don't know, that kind of a pair of teeth type of feel. Um, but as I look through the album, I'm like, yeah, maybe I would start with something you'll never find, but I don't like that song enough. And we'll come to that in a few weeks that, that I would be like, yes, that's my album starter right there. Um, 
and fun and games kind of has that but i'm not going to start off the album with with a political song like that would you start it off with angry um, people <laughs> I wouldn't start it off with angry people because once again, it's not representative of what this album, like what I, what I think wouldn't be a normal bare naked ladies kind of sound and isn't going to draw people in. It it might be like number five on the album or maybe number three. I would never put it at, at that spot down to earth has kind of a bare naked ladies typical feel, but once, once again, I don't like that song enough to put it number one to start it off. I it's always been a weird album for me. Like I'm not sure like what I would put first. It's a weird album for me. Well, I'm looking at the list track list too, and I'm like, which I feel like it's the leftovers that they didn't put on album mm. number one. <laughs> Uh, See, you can't find another one. It's the perfect way to start. (laughs) (laughs) Although, I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll do our yeah. I I mean, down the road, but I liked our me, but men does seemed like the part two of uh, which it it it, kind of is, but like it just doesn't have. And ebb and flow like some of their other albums do. I like some of the songs on it, no question, but doesn't have that ebb and flow that right. many, many um, of their albums do. So hmm, I don't know. Yeah, I do like the idea. I think it would yeah, be funny I, if they started with "Running Out of Vain" because I just think that's a funny way to start an album with that <laughs> title. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's very strange to start the whole album with a Kevin song, because that's what I love about it. Like, and I do, he hasn't it's had very, that very different. And now we're starting to see Kevin really shine in in a bigger way, um, <clears throat> because obviously no Steve and Kevin has really stepped up, and so is Jim. But I think Kevin is really getting more time, more writing time. Um, so it, it, it was nice to have an opener by mm-hmm. Kevin cause I adore Kevin, but it's just, it is kind of a weird ebb and flow on this album. But like you're saying it was, it's not like rocking enough for, to, to start. Mm-hmm. But if you think about a lot of their other albums, like, uh, maybe you should drive starts with Jane. And I know that was a big single, but again, not a big hard rocker. Um, everything to uh-huh. everyone starts with celebrity. Mm-hmm. Again, not a big hard rocker. Uh, All in Good Time mm-hmm. starts with You Run Away. So it's mm-hmm. not necessarily something they haven't done before. Um, uh, even Fake Nude starts with Canada Dry, which, uh, again, not super hard rocking. I love that song, but not super hard rock in tune. Um, no, I mean, I think you make a really good point there. That's true. Then, of course, Adrift, but... Is the first song supposed to set the tone for the album? I think so. Dep- depending on depending on the album and the artist and how, like I imagine, I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I imagine they they take a lot of time to figure out order and things like that. So I imagine they would probably want it to be that way. Well, does so? Do the band members kind of make that call as to mm. the order of the songs? Because I thought sometimes the the producers do but i could be wrong on that 
Though they probably do. I think Bionic and Ladies has a lot of power on that because if on the Everything to Everyone CD, you see them arguing on the DVD extras about what songs are going to be on and then what the order is going to yeah. be. Um, and I know that they were taking a little bit more control of themselves at that point, but they were still under network, I believe, at that point as yeah. well, um, so. which is also what they were under for this album. Um, so I think that they had, especially with this album, they had a lot of control on their order and song choice because they they decided to go with all 29 songs. <laughs> 29 <laughs> songs? Oh, my God. That's 29 weeks I for mean, us. I, that's right. If you think about that, that's one album. It's 29 that's a big weeks. big chunk of your podcast. Holy smokes. What did I sign up for? um we haven't even gotten to discussing what this song is about we should probably do that because like i think that this song and you guys can argue with me if you wish i think that the song is a typical kevin song in the lyrics of the song yes i agree um not in a bad way but just like kevin likes to tell (laughs) stories yeah well, I, I think the song is personally uh, about the occurrence and possibly the development of events uh, by chance in a happy or a beneficial way. God. <laughs> Wait, would that be? I, it's almost like you're reading the definition. I don't know. I'm going to disagree with you, Stefan. I think it's an aptitude for making a desirable discovery by accident. Oh. <laughs> Well, that's possible too, I guess. I mean, I could also say that it, it that it's about the angel of inspiration. Oh, now you're getting religious. I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm. Well, I, I, that. Yeah. I think it's about an unplanned, fortunate discovery. Uh, I, I think it's about you know John Cusack and uh, yeah. Oh wait, this is something else. <laughs> Circa 2001, yeah. yeah. Keep back in sales. Timeline fits. Actually, it could be just about any John Cusack movie. Let's be yeah. honest. Oh, there was a movie called Serendipity, though. That's exactly what we're referring to, Heidi. <laughs> it would be very serendipitous if some girl wrote her phone number in a book and sold it to a consignment shop and the guy had to go to the shop and get the book to get her number. I think that would be very serendipitous. Is that serendipitous or just like seeking stalking? her out? <laughs> that, that'd be called stalking, stalking nowadays. And I just watched Better Off Dead yesterday, so it's... Serendipity is supposed to like happen by accident. That doesn't sound like an accident. Well, speak to the producers of Serendipity. I don't know what I will. What's her name? Oh, uh, let me Google it. Give me the writer's name. Yeah. I'll get him on the line. Come on the show. Let's we know you listen. Right now. <laughs> exactly. And then I want to talk to Alanis Morissette about Yes, Irene. me too. And then... I got to hash that out with her. There's some errors there. No way. I think she knows exactly what she's doing. Because isn't it ironic to have a song called Ironic and have no real examples of irony in it? Ooh, <laughs> very meta. Yeah. That's I just fun. recently saw her live. She was awesome. Oh, she is awesome. Yeah. So is this song. I wish, I wish she would <laughs> I wish she would do another tour with BNL. 
Wow, yes. she did a tour with BNL. Oh my God. Uh, what was the song? Oh my God. She did a great song with uh, Steve. Oh, what was it? If I had a million dollars? No. Did she do call an answer? Call an answer. Yes, call an answer. 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 Oh, yeah, really? it was so pretty. Yeah. So pretty. Wow. Really. I'll have to look that up afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, you, you can find that on YouTube. It is actually really mm -hmm. cool to hear them doing that. Um, and there's and our appearance for this it, week. It, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, and Alana's actually has a long history with BNL yeah. because she lost the competition to the brothers Cregan first band that they had with Ed back back in high school when they were just kind of still playing around and messing around. I want to say it was the back room, the, the basement bathroom boys or something like that. I can't remember the That's name um, of their band. <laughs> and um, they lost, there was a competition and Alanis got second place to the, the Brothers Creaking with, with Ed. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that either. But back to this song. That wasn't <laughs> serendipity. That was... <laughs> <laughs> this song is ser this song is more serendipity than the movie serendipity is though like a chance encounter a chance romance that happens for a period of time that's desirable and and positive for both people and then you know it just happens to kind of work out but then you know falls apart and i think the serendipity part is that even though that part breaks even though the, the relationship at the end of the song kind of breaks up or throughout the song breaks up, the idea is that like it was meant to happen for growth to happen to lead to something else. Yeah. And that that's the serendipity of the song. Good for you. Good for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The growth part. Yeah. I just, I just like that perspective too, of, of looking at it, even though like it didn't work out, they didn't, you know, end up together, still looking at it as a very positive thing. Like it was still, like, it was good for you. Good for me. It was a wonderful experience. Happy it happened. Moving on. Right. And speaking of Alanis, the other side of this is, isn't that, is that, is her song, like her major song. That's the other side of this. It, it, it's not good for her. That's, <laughs> That Kevin was saying that it was good for both sides. It wasn't. It wasn't good for the other side. Uh, Kevin, you ought to know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was the song I was thinking of and couldn't get the words on. <laughs> but yeah, I think you nailed. I think um, that's exactly what the song is about. I don't think there's. I know sometimes there's a tendency to to look for deeper meanings and metaphors of things. I think he's being pretty straightforward. This is what happened, yeah. and uh, yeah, it no. didn't work out. Like, and I don't know how. I don't. Do you, does anybody know? Is this based on any true events in his life, or is it just a story that he made up? Does anybody know? I don't. Pretty private. Oh. So it's yeah. Yeah. I tried to dig and see if there was anything that was kind of, you know, I have the. The biography and everything. I couldn't really find anything. Hi, Kevin. That was hey, Kevin. We yes. we we want to know. <laughs> I find it very human. Come on the show. You know, it's like sometimes, like you think that celebrities or rock stars, they have like amazing lives that are usually messed up or 
some kind of trauma or something's going on, but this seems to be just average and normal, you know, just being able to take out a girl from money that you earn from mowing lawns and you kind of hit it off and stuff like that. You guys aren't like working, uh, like, uh, working in prestigious places. It's just like mowing lawns and dairy queen. And it's just average It's just down to earth human. And I like that. Yeah. That line that the making money from mowing lawns one, that, that, that's what sort of struck me right away with the song. Cause that's, that was my first job. That's how I earned money as, as first time as a kid mowing lawns. And, and so like that right away dragged me in. And I like the, uh, the lines. I, I put my best shirt on and I thought like probably at that time for me, when I was a kid mowing lawns, my best shirt was probably my bare naked lady shirt. That was my favorite one. So like, <laughs> Can we also talk about the, the little plan words, which is unusual for Kevin in this case, but you worked at the Dairy Queen. Now there's a blizzard yes. in Yeah, Yes, that's super cute. I love yeah. that. And then Frost Inside the Heart, so sticking heart. with that cold, and then following yeah. up with the coldest season came. Like, he's sticking to that blizzard, cold. Isn't the blizzard the Dairy Queen's yeah. version of, like, Frosty? Yeah. 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 But, I mean, he's sticking with that cold metaphor hmm. and then he's after that i think it's just about i mean we've all had the the the, the summer i worked at summer camp for a couple of summers like go away for the whole summer summer camp in connecticut and it was like that you know there's no real good reason why you break up it's just kind of done and mm -hmm. you're just kind of waiting for the shoe to drop through this summer and you know and then it's just done and there's no real reason for it there's no nothing to say oh you know yeah no this happened or this happened it just kind of ends so i love that line if i had a good reason i would share it with you but mm -hmm. there's nothing <laughs> there's just like yeah okay well, and he paints a picture with the line walking on coals, just trying to get through. Like when, when you know that you're no longer interested in that person, but you don't have that ability to, to break your, break their heart. Um, then like, this is the sweet break your heart song that, <laughs> that Kevin sings versus Steven um, of like, you, you really kind of, it does feel like walking on coals. It's that awkwardness of like, how do I, how do I continue this relationship knowing that I'm not interested anymore? And I mean, that's middle school, that's high school. That's, that's what those relationships usually are. Um, and he paints that picture so quickly and so well. Absolutely. Don't want to derail you, but speaking of break your heart, I just saw Stephen page um, just a few days ago. Um, and he, he played at a festival that was uh, near where I live and it was just him and Kevin Fox. So he, and he did break your heart. With just him in the in the cello, it was fantastic. It was really really good. Sorry, didn't mean to derail, but just that was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he slays that awesome. song every time. Yep. <clears throat> Sorry, back to this one. <laughs> <laughs> Minor derail. No, you're making me reminisce and think about seeing him sing that live, and and I'm also extremely excited because he has his new album Excelsior coming out soon. Yes. So. I'm I'm excited about that. Which I keep thinking of. Uh, I keep thinking of Stan Lee oh, yeah. <laughs> when he says that with Marvel, the Excelsior. Yep. Wasn't that oh, his thing? Yeah. If he doesn't have one Marvel yeah. reference in that album, then he has missed the opportunity. 
be very disappointed. I mean, I know Excelsior <laughs> is the state motto, uh, state motto for New York, yeah. but at the same time, New York, like, come on, gotta take advantage of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the the uh, bridge. I love the bridge. If I could only hear my stride, I'd make it to the other side. That's probably I feel one of my like he's lines. lost his metaphor. Explain this metaphor to me. <laughs> the, I don't want to be roadkill half a cup to fill. That's one of my favorites. I think like again, it's 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 a it's a positive breakup song, right? So rather than being all flat and depressed and, and down in the dumps about it, I'm, you know, be happy it happened and move on. There's half a cup to fill. Thinking of it as half full, not half empty, and and keep on going. Yeah, but I mean, how okay. full is the cup in the first place? Is it like completely empty and he just needs to get to halfway? Or is it halfway and he just needs to top it off? Could be. <laughs> <laughs> but even if, it, even if it is completely empty, you know, there's half a cup to fill. Rather than just staying there completely empty, there's half a cup to fill. I'm going to go be positive about it. I'm going to move on. Got this experience and I'm going to go on with my life. I, I was just going to say that I think when you're like at the age when you're mowing lawns and, you know, you know, putting your best T-shirt on, if you're in your teens or whatever, maybe you don't know yourself fully and um, you're still kind of coming into your own personality wise and everything. And so the whole line of if I could only hit my stride and make it to the other side, maybe he's not quite figured himself out. So I can't quite give himself fully to a relationship if he doesn't maybe quite know what he wants or if he hasn't really kind of developed himself as a person that's what it took from the nobody's first gonna break my stride okay. nobody's gonna bring me down oh no <laughs> unless unless he's unless yeah. he's real kill and then yeah. he'll get slowed down <laughs> but i think i think both of you are correct in that in that it is a half full half empty both of them i think he starts off by saying he's not hitting his stride yet he's that he's not there if i could only hit my stride i haven't yet i'm i'm still struggling at this point with with becoming who i am or with getting through this this moment becoming an adult probably finding out who they are but there's also that positivity of if I could do that, then yeah. I'll make my uh, then I'll make it to the other side. So it's kind of that like I'm in this negative place. I don't want to be in it, but hopefully I'll get out of that soon. Almost the same thing as with a drift. Mm -hmm. Yes, a snow drift, right? Or catch a drift. <laughs> well, well, you weren't, here, you weren't right? here for that song, Stefan. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. I was. Drifting out in the ocean many moons ago, <laughs> and I would say a drift is a much more negative focused song, a more glass half yeah. empty type, more focus, brooding, which is interesting yeah. that we then have this half glass half full type of uh, song as the pinpoint as the opposite of a drift on uh, both starting the albums. 
Who wrote Adrift? And maybe that was their reason for doing it. Uh, Hearn, Kevin Hearn wrote it with, I think, I think Kevin Hearn started it and then Robertson and Page added things oh. to it. But okay. yeah, it, it was a Hearn song. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Same as this, right? And this is Kevin Hearn. Cool. Yep. Okay. Sorry, I short term memory. Yeah. So I, Wait a minute, who are you all? As Kevin, as George, <laughs> as George Lucas would say, oh. it's poetic it, it, because it rhymes. Don't quote that man ever again. <laughs> Don't quote that man ever again. No. He, he's, he's destroyed worlds. Well, I mean, at least one in the first movie. Oh, don't even talk about that. Oh, my God. <laughs> it doesn't exist. There's no such thing. Not anymore. <laughs> you know, I still want to rewrite that whole thing. You know, you know, Alderaan is very, very upset about that. You bringing that up like that is very hurtful. Well, you know. Stephen. I, I don't even have a comeback for it. So. Wow! <laughs> Except the, you have seen it all, folks. The day that Tracy beat Stefan in a word of war, war of words. Uh, well, you know, you know, in Empire Strikes Back, they're going through a, an asteroid field. Han could have easily turned to Leia and been like, "Welcome home." Oh, <laughs> could have gonna happen <laughs> i think han was smart enough not to say that to her <laughs> well yeah i i wouldn't be <laughs> is this your pet i'd be sleeping with the wookies <laughs> so uh, all right oh, well i guess really uh so this apple cart so how about the song serendipity uh great song <laughs> yay yay uh it was serendipitous that they met each other in the way that they did but why don't we get back to this song and discuss i guess does anyone have anything more to talk about with this song i like blizzards i think that's the best product product <laughs> by dairy queen ever i like blizzards yep the, the pumpkin pie blizzard is oh, blizzards. So freaking oh i could have i'm gonna go have ice cream right now i shouldn't <laughs> You did? I already did. Oh. <laughs> yep. Wait Salt till we're caramel done. baby Ooh. with walnuts. Okay. You got it. <laughs> I I think the tone of the song is kind of like what Stefan was saying earlier about like he kind of likes it but he doesn't love it. Like it's it's kind of got like a neutral kind of positive kind of bouncy but kind of like a I don't From know. It's kind of, yeah, it's reminiscent, but it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like a shoulder shrug feel to it as well. Kind of like, yeah, that was a fun time. It was good, but I learned. And so I, th I think the tone of the song kind of matches the lyrics. Unlike when it, it's usually the opposite, but that's Kevin. So it's, he's not as. being all just, they write so many great songs. And um, I. Hmm. I was thinking about this the other day. What sets uh, a hit apart? You know, you think of like one week as an example. It's like it's on every radio station. You hear it everywhere. You go into a restaurant or a store or something. They've got they've got the song playing or some kind of BNL song. It's like what separates that from uh, from this? Even though the the lyrics are phenomenal, they're great. It's like 
why can't why why can't i i don't get it it's like what can't you know is it like eh, we gotta have some humdrum songs in the album otherwise you know we're going to be too rich or you know <laughs> you know too <laughs> successful <laughs> That's that was the fear. Yep. Too too much fame, too much money. Yeah. I mean we've got to save some for the other guys. But you know, <laughs> I don't know. So what what does it magic? It's just something it's yeah, it's it's that was my Avatica ever. It's, it's it's magic. Voldemort impression. You just get the right group of people at the right time. I don't know. Music, it just does something. And um, I don't know why one thing becomes a hit over another. I think ultimately it comes down to a producer's decision or something. But uh, Because do you um, think a different beat and a different sound could be applied to the song and make it like, wow, this is a good song? I already think it's a good song. Um, <laughs> We're not going to have another competition about remixing. <laughs> He's speaking with who won. Oh, I can't imagine a dance remix of this song. <laughs> like techno. Did anyone win the so remix? Good. I missed the last two weeks because I was off the grid and away. And... It's been so long on a summer's day. Two weeks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think it is the moment that the song comes out and it's the, it just, it's, whether or not that song happens to touch the populace in the <laughs> right the way. Populace. And you seem to know. <laughs> this is Radio G podcast, Tracy. Keep your hands off the populace. <laughs> I know. Tracy, shame on you. I mean, where's Stephen when you need him? I mean, come on. He should be able to crank the song. Like, start belting something. Like, Dairy Queen! I want my blizzard out of my heart. <laughs> I want my blizzard back, blizzard back, blizzard back. <laughs> Dairies. Oh, I can't get it now. We're joking around, but at the same time, like people who make songs and I mean, who make jingos for, for commercials, that's what they do is their job is to catch the the moment with the populace and and to catch them enough to make th that thing stick for 15 seconds in their mind and make them like it enough to want to go out and buy that product that is their whole entire job over and over and over again and to not mess that up if artists don't I mean, singers don't necessarily do the same thing. That's not what they're out to do is just write something that is that that is going to hook people every time. They're out there to to make it sound good to them and write the song that they that they're inspired to write and then put that out there and hope that it does hook them hook other people and other people like it. Um does that make sense? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. It makes sense. I get it. Yeah, but I still so, agree with Trevor. Like, they have so many good songs. Why aren't more of them? Like, why haven't more? Like, the pinch me caught on. Obviously, one week and million dollars. But 
I feel like they have so many other songs that are so much better. Not that this, not to put down those songs, but they have so many like helicopters and like, you know, powder blue and everything. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's a really good question. Why, why haven't those like risen higher than the yeah. other ones? I would say that it that. wasn't, the, I would say it wasn't the right time mm -hmm. for the song. Yeah. Like if he, mm. it, it wasn't like that at that time, it was about writing songs that would get people in the clubs. It was about getting people yeah. to dance. It was about getting people to shake your rump. <laughs> uh, 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 I worked it in. Good job. Um, that's next week's song, by the way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that was the that was the whole point of music at that time was to get people in the clubs and to get people dancing, and that's what they put on the radio. And radio was a huge piece of whether or not something became a hit or not. Yep. If it made it on the radio and got played multiple times, you had a chance that that would become a hit. Um, the trick was getting people to play it, and again the big piece of that was, is it something they could dance to in the club? Boo, I don't like it. It's not I'm fair. Not it's fair. I think no, it's true. You're right. You're right. But I mean, you look it's at... not fair to BNL. If you look at my scores on, on the songs as I've rated them, there are songs I like a lot more than one week in Pinch Me. I think they're good songs, but I... I break your heart mm. a far better song in my book and so is brian wilson but you're never going to see people dancing to it at the club i don't think you'll ever see anybody dancing to bnl in the club it's just not a club, it's a club band. we need to open a bnl club <laughs> <laughs> clearly clearly well i guess that brings me to ask you guys what you rank this song so I'm going to ask you guys, how many blizzards do you give this song? I'm thinking that too. And um, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to go with you first, Stefan. Right. Stefan, how many blizzards do you give this song? Oh gosh, this is tough because I really love blizzards, man. Uh, an Oreo blizzard with M&Ms. Oh gosh. Oh, that bars my muffin, man. Let me tell you. Gosh, is this still summer? Is, D is DQ still open? Are they open right now? I'm yes. gonna go. <laughs> uh, well, no, wait, wait. Give us, give us your oh, number. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I don't know. I want Stephen to be back and, and sing stuff, and you know, better musical accompaniments, and uh, you know, I, I don't want it to be played in a club. But I mean, just uh, it's a good song. It's got a good story, and I feel it's just lost somewhere in there and um i feel sad about that uh i feel it's kind of humdrum kind of average um i wasn't impressed by the music um i think the lyrics and the the singing was lost with the loss of the music um for me anyways other people can vary uh in their opinions obviously it's a free country ish Except you can't own your homes. Never mind. I, I, I digress. Uh, so, uh, blizzards, <clears throat> very tasty. Um, I would rank a blizzard at 11 out of 10. But this song, I would rank, 
I think it's uh, just above average. So for me, it's about, uh, I like their lyrics, so I'd say three. And they didn't really mess things up when it comes to the music. Um, but I wasn't too impressed by it. You know, it's still better than what I can do. I can't play anything. <laughs> you know, I can't. I mean, as far as a guitar, I don't even know where, how to hold it. So, Betsy! Can you tell us how many blizzards you give this song? Well, I um, I think my favorite blizzard is the pumpkin pie blizzard, so <laughs> I'll rank it by that. Um, I agree that I really do like this song. Um, there is, you know, kind of a tone to it where it's a little reminiscent, a little bittersweet, but it has a positive spin at the end, and I appreciate that. Um, there's clever wordplay, um, good guitar playing. Uh, it's not like on my, you know, uh, best of list, but I do like it quite a bit. So I was going to go 3.2 pumpkin pie blizzards. Okay. At least it's in my ballpark. So I don't feel that bad. I, I, hey. I'm the hater. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a good rating. It is. Heidi, what about you? How many pumpkin pie blizzards do you... Or actually, sorry, Change the rating. how many blizzards do you yeah. get for this song? Um, let's see. For me, I really do like this song, but I'm a big fan of Kevin. So, um, is it in the fives? No. I mean, is it up to a five? No. But I'm going to give it... I really like this song. Oh, I've been going back and forth. Going back and forth. Going back and forth. Um, walking on coals. Um... <laughs> I think I'm going to give it a 3.7. Okay. 3.7 blizzards. And what's your favorite blizzard? Blizzards. <laughs> what flavor yeah. blizzard? Yeah. I don't know. Um, see, our Dairy Queen Everyone is Everyone else is there. <laughs> I'm going to go, ooh, you know what? I like the mint chip ooh. ones. Um, I don't mint remember what the chip? name of it is. Mint but... chocolate chip? Yeah, I like the mint chippy ones. So I think I'll give it a that's what I'll give it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to hand it over to you, Trevor. Okay. <clears throat> now, what do you give this song? I, I, like, I know you, you like Kevin and you play this song like on your guitar. Yeah. What do you think? I'm going to completely mess up your rating. So I, I think as a guest, I don't really count, right? So it's not going to mess up your average. Uh, don't worry about I, that. You know, I'm going like way above everyone else. Um, before I do it, though, Stefan, you yeah. said you 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 missed Steven. Steven's on this song. He's singing backup and he's playing guitar. Does that, in, does that up your rating at all? Oh, oh I didn't know that. No, it doesn't up my rating because okay. I mean, they should have done better. <laughs> Had to try. Um, like I said, I love this song. This is, uh, it's probably not my favorite Kevin song. Uh, my favorite Kevin song, uh, isn't actually a BNL song. It's something he does with, uh, with Thin Buckle. Um, it's a tie between Diving Board and Jocelyn. But I do Ooh. like, uh, this song quite a bit. Like I said, you don't have to count it in the average because it's going to mess everything up, but I'm giving it a 4.5. Ooh. Point five. It's, it's like if and guests always get average. Guests always get mixed into the average, so that's okay. No, that's good. Oh, no. Good. We, need 
We need to. And, and what's your favorite? I need you. Lizard? Probably just Oreo. Nothing too fancy, but it's good. It's a classic. Sure is. That reminds me of this song. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing special, but a classic. Um. (laughs) Actually, no. I I will say, like, I like this song. I do. I enjoy it. Are you trouble for Tracy? And like to me, (laughs) this song. Um. I mean, it's. I think it's just put in the wrong place on the album, in my opinion. Yeah, it's on the album. But that's my problem with this whole entire album, is this whole album, the the double, the concept of this double album was was a flaw to begin with. Um, and I, I'm going to get haterade for saying this, but the same thing with the White Album. I think the White Album is too much stuff, and there's a lot of stuff on there that me personally, I would take off. Um, what? You don't like example, piggies? Wild honey pie. <laughs> I actually like piggies. Do you? Um, I don't mind it. Wild honey pie. Wild honey pie. Like I would take off. Um, but there's other songs on, on white album. I would take off. There's songs on this album, double album. I would totally take off and say, uh, let's do a B sides album, which I don't feel like Bare Naked Ladies Are Men is a B-sides album of this. And that's kind of the problem is I feel like they could have made a very good, strong first album and a very weaker but B-sides album with this content, and they didn't do that. I still think we'll we'll come back to it. I got to do my averages between now and then, but I, I would almost say that this song would be on the bare naked ladies are me if i were to restructure it that way um i I think this is a good song uh it's not my favorite kevin song we actually haven't hit my three favorite kevin songs yet um they're in the last half of the alphabet so we will we will come to them can i guess one i'm gonna give this a go ahead it's a vanishing i will We'll neither confirm nor deny. Is it Big Backyard? Technically in the last half of the alphabet. (laughs) True. I'll give it a hint that Big Backyard is not it. Oh, I like Big Backyard a lot. (laughs) I love Big Backyard. Yeah. Fan of Big Backyard. It's okay, but it's not it's not in my pantheon of Kevin's songs. Um I'm gonna give this my my favorite is the banana pot the banana either the banana cream pie blizzard or the banana split blizzard depending on what time of the season it is like yeah those are my those are my go tos um, I'm gonna give this three point nine one blizzard very specific <laughs> well I mean we're getting to the lower end of this catalog at this point I gotta start giving some differences between the rankings are you gonna be sad when um, this is all over and you have like a definitive least favorite bare naked lady song <laughs> no because i already know which my least favorite is <laughs> yeah what's your least favorite and ironically enough it's not it's not um not the last one on Buck Naked. I was just about to say, so, is it, how's the level? <laughs> it's not how's the level, ironically <laughs> enough. Huh. Um, 
Um, the appearance for this week is Kevin hasn't come on our program yet. Um, yet. but he did go on a podcast. Um, I know yet. That's the big yet. We won him on. Um, but he did go on a podcast called the keyboard chronicles and talked about being a keyboardist. Uh. Um, it was episode number 14 for them. And so I, that is the appearance for this week. I'm going to recommend nice. people go out and listen to that wonderful interview with him. Um, and there, I'm also going to put a link out there for people to listen to him singing this on Ships and Dip. Um, and yeah, next week we're going to be discussing, um, well, I mean, it's guaranteed to be a rump shaker. Oh, <laughs> tell us about it. <laughs> it, it, it shake your rump. Oh, really? That's the song? Yes. Oh. We need to hear a little bit more Tyler next week. <laughs> okay. Shake your rump, huh? It's always good to hear a little Tyler. Hey, uh, I, that's how I usually make a rump roast as well. It's like I put it in a Ziploc bag shake or it. like a paper bag, you know, seasonings and shake it, you know. Well, shake and bake. Yep, yep. Yep. Yeah. Usually, as I'm listening to like dance club music, because you know I kind of shake my <laughs> room. You know? Yep. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining me tonight. You're welcome. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.